Hello and welcome to the Old Hat Podcast, the third episode of the Old Hat Podcast. I'm Old Hat, James Chambliss, your humble servant. Uh, this is my second attempt at my third episode. Really want to get these right, you know? Don't want you to at some point go, yeah, that was crap. We don't want to hear that anymore. Come on, man. Be more interesting. Part of that, see, there's details about uh, podcasting that I was not aware they were things, right? One of them is you have to wear a shirt that doesn't make a lot of noise. Some of my favorite shirts, they rustle when you move and you could hear everything. (laughs) When you have really good equipment that's set really finely tuned and you wear a shirt that's rustly, everybody knows every time you move to scratch your nose, every time you move to reach for a piece of paper. uh, And you can hear paper rustling in the background if you're not careful and taking the lid off of your water bottle that you get a drink out of can sound like things falling down. It's just really great recording equipment, which is good, right? Except you have to wear a soft shirt so that it's not rustling around in the background while you're uh, while you're doing your podcast. Because nobody wants to hear rustling shirts, right? I don't. You don't. And cowboys shouldn't have rustling shirts, actually. That sounds bad, like you're going to go rustle cattle. I don't rustle cattle in any of my shirts. I don't even rustle cattle shirtless. So if that puts your mind at ease, actually now pass the brain bleach, right? You don't need to have that image stuck in your head. <laughs> This podcast, like all of my podcast, is brought to you in great appreciation for the coffee growers of the world. I am doing my best to support them with all of my coffee drinking. I went to the store today and bought some more coffee beans, and they've moved my store around, and the bags for the coffee are way above my head. I'm pretty tall. You know, I pulled down a bag to get some coffee. I turned to my wife, and I said, where do short people buy coffee? And she said, not here, because normal people can't reach those bags. I think they've got some more work to do in that department. Short people, you just have to drink K-cups. That's just how it's working out today. Or you can come share coffee with me. I will share coffee. If enough people show up, you just get to make more, right? That's not a bad thing. We're here to support coffee growers, so we need to drink more coffee. So in episode two, I quoted one of my favorite movie lines. Whenever I leave a party, I'll say, Ho, Macklin, good party, no whiskey, we go. From that great John Wayne movie, McClintock. Did that again this weekend. Although there was whiskey at the party, it was a good party. We still left because it was nearly 11 o'clock. And that's way past my bedtime. I don't know about you, but we had to beat feet out of there. It was getting late. Here at my house, we watch a lot of movies. To well, we don't. I don't watch a lot of movies ever. I'm that friend that when you say, "Hey, have you seen that movie?" the answer is almost always going to be no. The list of movies I haven't seen is incredibly long. It would be much easier for you just to say, "James, what movies have you seen?" And I can give you a list pretty quick because it's not very long. We do have family movie nights where we get together and we all watch movies. And quite often we watch movies we've already seen that we know we like. We do that a ton at Christmas, for instance. Uh, we, we, we have a lot of Christmas movies that we like to watch together. And we've been watching them together for years now. And we actually have most of the lines memorized. In fact, White Christmas, one of our favorites, we actually acted out a few years ago where everybody had a part. Uh, We actually had to split things up a little bit because we had a guy that could sing like Bing, but not dance like Bing. So we had a singing Bing and a dancing Bing. And my lovely daughter-in-law and I danced um, the best things happen while you're dancing together right there in my living room. One of my favorite movie memories around here. 
I end up quoting movies a lot. Uh, in fact, that particular movie, White Christmas, if my twins are in the room and you say snow, they will instantly start singing that song. <laughs> Shushing and all. We really get into that movie. Uh, we quote an awful lot of The Grinch. You know all of those. I don't need it. But they, they come up at the funniest times. This weekend was having a, a discussion. We won't call it an argument. A discussion with one of my children. And he kept saying something, and I'm like, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means from Princess Bride, which, you know, didn't help the argument, conversation, discussion at all. But I thought it was funny. And that's how I use movie lines. They come up on a pretty regular basis. One day my truck died, and Lisa's like, is it dead? I'm like, oh, it, it is not just merely dead. It is most sincerely dead. Great line from The Wizard of Oz. Another line from The Wizard of Oz I use whenever I'm late for a meeting is, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Because, you know, everybody stops and looks at you anyway when you come in late to a meeting you were supposed to be at. So that's when I use that one. The other line that comes up around here all the time from The Wizard of Oz is, people come and go so quickly around here. Because people come and go so quickly around here. This place is like Grand Central Station a lot of the time. For years now, I have called this uh, Mrs. Hatt's Finishing School for Girls, because we've had a lot of girls live with us here over the years. Started with a young lady, Stephanie, who we call Mary Poppins, because she was practically perfect in every way. She lived with us for a lot of years. She was the twins' first nanny, and she was just the greatest. She brought so much joy with her everywhere she went. She still does, and we loved our time with her here we had girls here from all over the world, of course, Texas and other parts of America. And then we had girls from China and Romania and Switzerland, I think Ecuador. We had a, we've had visitors from Africa nations and we've had visitors from Australia. And we've, I used to say from every continent, but we haven't had any girls from Antarctica yet. So I don't know if there are any girls in Antarctica, actually. So that's probably never going to happen. It is entirely possible, though, with the way some of these girls that have lived here travel, that one of them has at least been to Antarctica. We can find out if we need to. Some of them were easy to live with, and some of them were hard to live with, just like any other group of people, right? Some of them were just always so easy to get along with. You have problems from time to time, challenges you have to work out, because everybody's different, has a different view of the world. The girl from Romania was a challenge for me, uh, but my kids loved her just worshipped her. So you kind of figure that's me at that point, not her. Probably the most challenging experience we had in all those years was a young lady from China named Chen. A friend of ours came to us and said, hey, uh, I'm involved in this private school and they've got a boarding program. They have a lot of kids from China. One of them that's been living you know, on the campus is really having what they call culture shock. She's been here you know, three or four months, and she's really struggling with missing her family and her home and things being so different. And they really think it would help her a lot to get out of the dorm and live with a family. We really think that would help. Would you guys be interested? And I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. We, you know, <laughs> one more girl in the house is not a problem, I guess. Just uh, we'll find a room for her. Come on over. So they brought her over and we walked her around our house and she was kind of weighing whether or not she wanted to live with us. And she kind of gave me the impression that our home was adequate not what she was accustomed to in China, apparently, but adequate. And so we sat down in the living room to talk about it. And she said, I have one problem. And y'all forgive my accent. It's terrible. It's the best I can do here to kind of get you the feel of what we were dealing with. With Jim, she said, you Americans go to church too much. 
and I couldn't even disagree with her. I said, you know what? I think you're right. We go to church too much, but we do. So I don't know what to tell you. We do. And she said, well, I don't want to go to church. And I said, well, I get that. Um, but, you know, when we leave, you kind of have to go with us. And she's like, but I do not believe in your God. I have my own God. I do not follow your God. And I do not want to go to your church. And I'm like, well, I get that. Bring a book and sit in the hall and you can read. I mean, that's okay. You don't have to believe. You don't have to go. They're not going to make you sing. You know, we're not going to make you listen to the sermon if you don't want to. But, you know, you have to go with us because we're not going to leave you in our house by yourself because we don't know you and you don't know us. And that just seems like it's not a good strategy. And she's like, well, fine, but I will not enjoy myself. I'm like, okay, whatever, sister. That's <laughs> I got no problem. So we went and got all her stuff and moved her in. And the first night she comes up, we've got a two-story house. And the second story is actually, so when you drive up, it looks like a one-story house because it's built into the hillside. So you, you come in the upstairs, go downstairs and walk out into the backyard. She lives downstairs. She comes up on the phone speaking Chinese. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she has called China on my house phone. I hate to think what this is going to cost. But, you know, hey, culture shock. We're just trying to help her through this. She comes into the kitchen where my lovely bride is preparing dinner for us. Chin throws open the freezer, looks around, slams the door, turns around and screams, I need ice cream. I'm like, well, you can have some when you come too, sweetheart. I didn't say that. But I'm like, you know, put it on the grocery list then. We don't have, you know, we didn't realize that was a requirement to have you live with us. I'm not sure. But, you know, that was just a sign of how things were going to go with Chin the whole time she was here. She was very loud. She was very demanding. She was very unhappy. She did go to church with us, and she sat in the church service and rocked back and forth and moaned, oh, I'm like, you know, you can wait outside. But there wasn't enough drama in that. So she, this just went on and on, it seemed like forever. But she went to church with us, and we usually had ice cream in the house. And we, you know, we tried to find a way to get along. And we talked to the people about culture shock, you know, can we help? I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to help with that. And they said, look, there's a Chinatown area in Dallas in Richardson. Maybe if you took her up there, there'd be food she's familiar with. And there, you know, there's a little grocery store there. There's just some stuff that would remind her of home. And we went, well, great. So we planned a weekend. We got a couple of hotel rooms because, you know, it's the old hat traveling circus. There's a bunch of us, all the kids plus 10. And so we install them in the hotel. And at some point she calls China on the hotel phone and I couldn't begin to imagine what that was going to cost. But we got in the car. And we went, look, we're going to drive where all the restaurants are and you get to pick. We'll eat anywhere you want to eat. We'll, we'll try anything that you want to try. We just want you to feel comfortable. She's like, OK. So we drive through this area and we pass all the restaurants. She didn't pick one. So I turn around and we drive back through and I'm like, so you're going to pick one? She goes, yes. Okay. Which one? I don't know. Keep driving. Okay. So we're driving. I make it to the end. I turn around and come back and I need to help her now because I'm hungry, right? We're all getting kind of hangry and we're driving along. I'm like, okay, what about that one? There's a place right there. She goes, no, that is Japanese, not Chinese. Like I'm the biggest idiot in the world. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. How do you tell the difference between the characters? Well, there is no difference. You just have to know that one is Chinese and one is Japanese. I'm like, all righty then. I'm not going to be able to do that. Okay, well, all right. Well, what about that place? No, no, they only serve snakes and cookies. And all of us went, ooh, you eat snakes? That's gross. And she's like, wait, wait, what is this snakes? 
And I'm like, it's a snake, right? It's a serpent. And, you know, make a little show with my fingers what a snake might look like. And she goes, oh, no, we do not eat this. Cookies and 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 small pastries. Oh, snacks. Yes, snacks. We can't eat there. They only have snacks. All righty. Well, pick something because we're hungry. So she finally picks this restaurant. And it's great. We eat at this big round table. And we just she orders everything. And I didn't recognize much of it. But she ordered in Chinese, which meant that it all came much cheaper, as it turns out. So taking her with us was really a great way to afford this restaurant. It was family style, big lazy Susan in the middle of the table. So you just put all these big family dishes on it and then kind of spin it around till you get what you want. And the only thing I remember really that was there were shrimp balls. And the shrimp balls were great. But at some point it came by the, one of my kids and he went, what are these? I said, they're shrimp balls. And he looked at them and he looked at me and I said, they're a little bigger than you thought they'd be, huh? <laughs> Which got me kicked under the table <laughs> from my pride. That was maybe not appropriate. We didn't explain it to Chen. She didn't ask any questions. Maybe she got that. But but that was uh, that was the highlight of that trip. The rest of it was uh, pretty rough, actually. But we were we were trying to help her out with with the challenges she was facing. We did keep having trouble on the weekends with going to church with Chen. She really didn't want to go, and I, you know I get that. But you know. So one night, my daughter was sick all night. She was throwing up all night. I was up all night cleaning up, throw up all night. And so the next morning, she was going to stay home and my wife was going to stay home with her. So, hey, Chin doesn't have to go, right? So I go to Chin's bedroom that morning and I knock on her door. Nothing. I knock a little louder. Nothing. I knock a little louder and she says, what? Now, I've been up cleaning vomit all night, right? I may not be in the best mood anyway. Okay. Chin, it's me, and Kristen was sick last night, and just a minute. Oh, I'm counting to ten. I'm so not happy. So she throws open her door and stares angrily at me. I said, look, um, my daughter was up sick last night, and so she's staying home this morning, and my wife is staying home with her, and she, she interrupts me. And she goes, I cannot believe. And I'm like, Okay, fine. You don't have to go to church today. And she's like, I cannot believe. And I'm like, okay, we're having a spiritual crisis. I mean, she's saying this like her parents called and said, whatever you do, do not believe in their God. Okay, well, all right. So apparently, you know, all right, this is a this is a religious crisis. And so what do I say? I said, well, you know what? You don't have to. The God that, that I serve is a gentleman. He would never force himself on you. If you don't want to believe, that's up to you. And I, I don't have a problem with that. He wants you to believe in him, but he's going to be patient. So I'm not worried about it. If you're not worried, she shakes her hand and she waves her hand in my direction to shut me up. And she goes, my nose is stopped up and I cannot believe. I went, breathe. Oh, you can't breathe. Oh, oh, I know how to deal with that problem. Them. Let me bring you some Vicks and some Kleenex and some, some medication for that. It'll be fine. So so she stayed home that morning, but but I cannot believe that Maroon 5 song, Getting Harder and Harder to Breathe, cracks me up every time because I always think about Chin not being able to believe. So Chin was by far the most difficult uh, person we had to live with around here, I think, in a long time. One of the most pleasant was from Switzerland. Yasmin was her name, and, and Mary Poppins found her at a church social kind of thing at a church her family was at, and she came home, and she was kind of upset because she said there's this girl there from 
a teenage girl there from Switzerland living with this family that she knew who they were and uh, they knew her. And she said, you know, but it's kind of weird, you know, cause she's been here for a while as an exchange student and she hadn't been out of their house and she's keeping their kids and she doesn't speak any English really. And she's just not been anywhere. I'm really not comfortable with what's going on there. It's like, it's kind of like they're holding her hostage. So we came up with a plan and said, look, they trust you. So why don't you go over and tell them you're going to take her to lunch. And instead of taking her to lunch, bring her here. So she did. And they came over and it really, it was kind of a, it was a weird deal. It was a, a foreign exchange student thing, but without any kind of official group in charge. Yasmin and her mom came over and met this family and then mom approved. And so she went home and then this family kind of shoved the TVs back in the closet. And, you know, Yasmin became their indentured servant, right? Well, we're feeding you. So you have to do what we tell you and you have to clean the house. And you have to watch the kids. And dad kept telling her, you know, look, if you don't do these things, then you're disobeying God because I'm in authority over you. And, you know, that's not going to go anywhere good. That's not going to get better. So we, we get all this story from her, and I hand her the phone, and I said, all right, it's time to call your daddy. What? Call your poppy. Call him right now. Oh, I can't. It's very expensive. I said, I don't care. You're calling your dad. You can't go back to that house. And they've got her passport, and they've got her clothes, and they've got everything. But you can't go back there until you talk to your dad. So she calls her dad, and, and the minute he answers the phone, she just starts crying her heart out. She's so upset, and, you know, she's not happy with the situation she's in. It's not what she wanted, but she's afraid he's going to make her go home. It turns out that the guy, you know, the man at the family that she was living with told her she misbehaved. He'd spank her. Y'all, this is a 16-year-old girl. This is not a child. It's not even your child. You can't spank a 16-year-old, even if they're yours. That's just crazy. And her dad, using her as an interpreter, asked me, you know, he told her, you either have to find somewhere else to live or you have to come home. And we told her she could live here. I mean, Mary Poppins is here. There's a room next to her you can have. I mean, we'd love for you to be here. We'd hate for her to leave and this be her last memory of America. And so her dad said, all right, well, I guess that's okay, but... Uh, the other man said that if she misbehaved, he would spank her. If she misbehaves in your house, what will you do? And I said, I will send her to you. I'll put her on an airplane and send her home. She's your problem, dude. She can live with us, but I'm not going to have any trouble with her. And he liked that answer, and she was okay with that answer. And so she lived here for like the next year and a half, maybe two years. And this was back in, she was actually here for 9-11. Uh, she was here when that happened. But, um, you know, we asked, what do you want to do? She wanted to go to college. She had very little English, but we took her to the local community college and she passed the entrance exam with very little English. This is a smart, smart young woman. And so then we, you know, we take her to church with us and she loves being there. She's having a great time. And one Sunday, there's a missionary there who's from Switzerland. And she said, oh, I must go speak to them. We're like, yeah, you should. So she goes and she talks to him and she comes back embarrassed. And we're like, well, what's wrong? And she said, I was baby talking. I have forgotten my uh, my German. I, I just, I was talking like a little baby. <laughs> and we're like, oh man, that's terrible. And we decided the best way we could help her with that problem was to let her teach us some uh, some German or, you know, Swiss German, because that's only fair. We'd been teaching her English words, sort of American words, Texan words. We went on vacation one time and and she was telling us that the, the twins had been teaching her new words. Now they were young, right? Six, eight, ten, somewhere in there. They have been teaching me new words. Have they? Well, like what? She said, what like is boogler? I said, what? 
And she said, this word, boogler, they have taught me. And I'm like, boogler? Like the kind that blow on the little trumpets? Bugler? No, no, boogler. I said, so the people that break in your house, like a burglar? No, no, like the thing that is in your nose, boogler. <laughs> and we went, ah, no, that would be a booger. And that's really not a polite word. You, you don't want to trot that one out very often. She's like, oh, no. And, of course, the only German word I remember her teaching us was Hochli Hoshki. She said, if you can say Hochli Hoshki correctly, then you can say all of the consonants correctly to speak German well. And obviously, I'm not doing it now, and I didn't do it well that day either. But when we said, well, what does it mean? Because, you know, if, 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 it's, if it's that defining of a word, right, it must be something like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog, right? It must be, it must encompass like, you, you may know that the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog contains every letter in the alphabet. It's the only sentence that does, right? And and we're thinking Hokley Hoshki must be something like that. We're like, what does it mean? Tell us what it means. And she's like, well, it means like kitchen cabinets. And we're like, so if you can say kitchen cabinets, you can learn to speak German. She said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, well, we'll try that. So she was here for a couple of years and then she went back to Switzerland and went on to, to college and did a lot of interesting things. And one day we're, uh, we're on vacation and I get this text from Yasmin because we text back and forth through the years. And, and I get this text and it says, open the door. I'm on your porch. And I didn't know whether to laugh or cry because we're not home. <laughs> she, she flew here from Switzerland to surprise us. Well, surprise, we're not home. Folks, if you're going to surprise somebody that lives that far from your house, you need to make part of the decision. I wonder if they're going to be there or not. <laughs> so she ended up spending the night with the people that picked her up at the airport to play a part in this surprise. And we came home the next day. So we got to see her then. And we had a great trip, a great time with her. She was here for two or three weeks, ran her through Old Hat's pistol shooting course for pretty girls. She's an honor graduate, uh, got the pictures to prove it. She did a great job. And she said, send me all of the pictures of me with guns so that I can show the students at the school I'm teaching at. <laughs> uh, so not long ago, I got a new phone. And this is still tied together. Just stay with me. I got a new phone and I couldn't get all the apps that I'd had on my iPhone on my new Samsung phone. And uh, one of them was WhatsApp. And so it's been a couple months and I couldn't get that straightened out. Well, this week I, I got it straightened out and I have WhatsApp on my phone again. But then I couldn't find Yasmin in the app. And I don't know why. But I was defeated and I walked away. And so a couple of days ago, my phone makes this weird sound. And I go and look and it's WhatsApp. And the message says, Texas Daddy, is that you? I'm like, yes, it's me. It's me, my Yasmin. And so we're we're sending pictures back and forth, all the things that we've missed between then and now. And she's got pictures of her trip to Albania and a wedding that she was in and her new godson. And I'm sending her grandbaby pictures and Christmas family photos. And we're comparing notes. And it's it's just great to be in touch with her. To have somebody that far away, still that close, has just been delightful. And I guess the point of this podcast, if it has one, is that people are important. If you're watching movies together, if you're, if you're, you know, using movie lines to remind each other that you spent a lot of time together, or if you're, uh, if you're misunderstanding each other because your accents are too difficult for each other, or you're welcoming strangers into your home, or you're becoming family with people that you spend so much time with, people are important. 
you're important. You're my people. You're here and you're valuable. And I just wanted to take a minute to remind you of that. You are very important to me and you are good people. And I am really glad you're here. People are important. The people around you, that's what matters. Not the things, not the stuff you have to do. The people are what's important. And I hope you remember that. And I hope you come back and listen to my episode four podcast, which will be coming out soon. And this is Old Hat signing off.